0: time more frequently than that i'll i'll go back and listen to the sermon um and uh man i i'm just overwhelmed with excitement and joy it was, the bible says it this way joy unspeakable and full of glory amen over the things the lord has been revealing to us here of late and the importance of of these things and It kind of stems from or or based on this uh, simple statement here. The purpose and goal of discipleship is for the inward reality of the new birth to become an outward expression of life. And we've made the point that you do not have to be aware of something or even understand it for that thing to be true or for that thing to be real. Okay? And what we see is that when you were born again, Father created a new reality inside of you through the new birth. Something that became true about you once you received salvation that was not true about you before. Now, we just got through teaching on spirit, soul, and body in discipleship class. And we often portray that with three stick figures or three, um, you know, icons of a, of a person with spirit, soul, and body underneath each one of them so that we can kind of get the image that although we look in a mirror and I only see one person, that you're actually three dimensions of you looking, looking back at you from that mirror, spirit, soul, and body. Another way to... Um, draw or illustrate that would be to think of a ball inside a ball inside a ball and with the innermost ball being you which would be your not just your spirit you are a spirit then the next you know layer out your soul and then the next layer out from there being your body. That was interesting. Is that me, Greg? All right. Amen Not that it matters because it's okay, but I'm wondering like if on the live stream camera if I'm not going <laughs> <laughs> <have> no <laughs> Kind of make you jump, huh? Ideas. Amen. And I actually remember what I was talking about. So again, spirit, soul, body, you are a spirit, you have a soul and all that's in a body now why am i wanting to you know tell it to you that way now after we just got through saying a different way in class is i want you to notice that where the real transformation took place inside of you is in your spirit and that's actually a layer deeper in than your feelings than your emotions so we put so much emphasis on how something makes us feel and and whether or not we can see it or touch it or 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 you know how it affects us emotionally, so forth and so on. Well, the work that God did in you, He did deeper than your flesh, deeper than your emotions, mind, and will, to, to the deepest innermost part of you, which is your spirit. He that's where the new reality has been created. And so we've listed a few at some point we'll probably just start clicking some of these off you know systematically to show you what the bible says but to give you some idea the bible says that as he is as jesus is so are we in this world the bible says you're an heir of god and a joint heir with jesus the bible says you are a partaker of the divine nature of god the bible says you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing the bible says you have been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. So each one of these is a, is a reality of the new birth that exists in you already. Now, Philemon chapter, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Philemon chapter 1 is only one chapter in Philemon, verses 4 through 6. I thank my God making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgment of, of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So Father has put good things in you. Father likes to put good things in other things and then see those things brought forth from those things. He puts fruit in trees. He puts gold in the earth. He puts water in the earth. You know, the, 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 um, both the literal and, and, and then the symbolic essence importance of wells in the in the Old Testament. They would dig the well. They would dig through the earth until they found water in the earth. And then they would leave those wells as a legacy, not just for their people but for other travelers and, 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 and different ones. And if you remember the woman at the well, she goes, are, you know, are you greater than our father who dug this well for us? I mean, it was, it was such a, a legacy project of of digging into the earth and, 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 and finding water, uh, because again, you know, you got to have water to survive. It, w- it was a, a live stream. But, it's, but again, it's, it's symbolic because Jesus is now that well inside of us. How about with, um, man, we just keep going on and on with this, but let's, let's at least look at one more. Remember when Moses is being led by God as he's leading God's people out of slavery in Egypt. Where did the water come from in the desert? It came out of a rock. My friend, if if God can bring water, physical water out of a physical rock, right? See, you now have a treasure in your earthen vessel. He said he's put rivers of living water in you. He said he's put a fountain of life in you, springing up in you. So he, he's wanting this inward reality of him and all that he is and all that he has and all that he can do that's now in you as one of his children to not just you know take a nap in there and hang out inside of you until you get to heaven one day he's wanting to bring that forth from you the same way he brings apples forth from an apple tree the same way he brings water forth from a a rock or a well and just on and on and on all right so it's it begins with a new birth, but then after that, we have to acknowledge. We have to acknowledge every good thing that is in us. Now, alongside this, and this is all just review, okay, we said that we use a mirror to see what we otherwise cannot see, okay? Um, I don't need a mirror to see my hand I need a mirror to see my face because I can't see my face without a mirror well in the word of god we see that there are physical natural mirrors spoken of but then there is also the spiritual mirror of god's word and that we can look into the mirror of god's word And see the new birth realities that are true about us right now that we can't see any other way or any other place. Now, let's look at um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verses 16 through 18. I'll put that up on the screen. It says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. How how do you look at something that you can't see? That's a very important question. He's telling you to look at something you can't see. If somebody was to tell you, I need you to look at your face right now. The only way you can see your face is if you use a mirror to see it. So he's telling us to look at things, not not appearances. God doesn't look at appearances. Appearances do not impress God. God looks at the heart, okay? And he wants you to be able to see what he has put in your heart. And the only way you'll ever see what he has put in you is if you look in the mirror that he's given you that will reflect that for you. We do not look at the things which are seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, I know some of this is review, and I, listen, I've got, (laughs) I don't know why I feel compelled to tell you this, I've just got a lot of notes on this, but I just keep going back to this one part right here, because we've we've got to let the Holy Spirit settle this deep inside of us now, okay? So, New birth realities are inward. You can't see inward things in a, in, a, in a regular, normal mirror. But the new birth realities are inward and eternal as opposed to outward and temporary. Now somebody tell me what it means if something is eternal. never changes. It never changes. That's why Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes to live in you, He'll live in you forever. That's a new birth reality. The Holy Spirit living inside of your earthen vessel right now is a new birth reality that will never change. It's eternal. When God's Spirit and your newly born again Spirit became one Spirit, that is an eternal condition. It's not temporary. It's eternal. If something is temporary... That means it's subject to change. A fact, right, can be a fact, but truth is eternal. So the e- eternal inward realities of the new birth transforming, transforming our outward, temporary life reality. Now, and I apologize if I'm kind of... A little distracted, but there's some notes that I'm looking for. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Amen. I thought they were right there, so. Anyway, if I don't find them tonight, we'll get to them next week. Amen. Are you good? So we said that mirror is mentioned three, I don't want to, there's some other ones that you can make a case for, okay, but three key scriptures in the Bible that talk about a mirror, James 1.25, 1 Corinthians 13.12, 2 Corinthians 4.18. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 and 12. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. What is he talking about now? What's the context? Context, context, context. You can never know what something means unless you look at it within the context that it's given. And so the context of this passage is growth and development. It's, it's talking about maturing and developing. He's talking about going from someone who understands, thinks, speaks, and ultimately behaves like a child to someone who has put that away and moved on into development and greater maturity, uh, greater understanding, greater levels of thought and thinking, greater levels and more powerful levels of, of speaking and behaving, okay? And so conjoined with this is verse 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know, just as I also am known. Now where we ended last week was explaining a deeper understanding of what this verse is referring to, because remember now, we're talking about this inward reality becoming evident On the outside of us, the first miracle Jesus performed on the earth as a man is recorded in John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. And this was when he turned 162 gallons of water into 162 gallons of wine. And verse 11 says, And this beginning of miracles Jesus did in Cana of Galilee, wait for it, "...and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him." Okay? Notice, "...and manifested forth his glory." What was that miracle? That miracle was an outward expression of the inward reality of Jesus' earthly existence. That miracle was inside of him. The power to work that miracle was inside of him. Okay? But it was not released, it was not revealed, it was not brought to the surface and and used to make a tangible, measurable, drinkable, verifiable difference in a need or situation, physical life, reality, need or situation, until that moment. Now there are reasons why jesus did not perform any miracles on earth until that moment and it was to fulfill the law and according to the law um he had to uh uh, be 30 years of age to have public ministry thankfully we do not have to wait till we're 30 to have public ministry but jesus born of a virgin born under the law and so when he turns 30 now um according to the law he he can and I'm not going to get into the whole explanation here, but remember, his mother uh, said, hey, they have no wine. And he initially says, this isn't our concern, Mom. This has nothing to do with us. And, And then his mother says to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. And, of course, we see then that Jesus began to speak. And as he begins to speak, they begin to cooperate together with him in faith. And they go refill the pots that were used to wash people's feet. And it was that water. But even then, Jesus said, draw some out now from that pot full of water that was used to wash people's feet. Jesus says, now take it to the governor of the feast. And the servants dipped out of that pot water and took it to the feast. And somewhere, that's one of those as they went miracles, right? As they're doing what Jesus said god is working but it was a manifestation see paul said that he was separated from his mother's womb so that father god could reveal his son in paul's life he said that the life of god might be manifest in my body he's talking about the inward reality being visible and this is what's talked about this is what's being referenced in first corinthians 13 he's not saying that when you look into this mirror that you only dimly see what's been done for you that you can hardly see what 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 god uh has put in you that that you look in this and it's 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 vague and it's unclear Uh, who you became the day you became a new creation in Christ Jesus my friend that is not the case we get a very clear picture so much so that Jesus said if you've seen the father you've seen me right and he wants the same to be said of you and me that if you that if they've seen you they've seen him because he's in the father and the father's in him if you've seen him you've seen the father then he goes on to say and now I'm in you and you're in me And if you believe this, the works that I do, you will go and do also. See, when you start doing the works that Jesus did, this is when you're manifesting forth His glory in you. Did He not say in John 17, The glory, Father, that you've given me, I now give to them. Christ in you, the confident expectation of God's glory. Are you you seeing this? He wants what's in you to be manifested forth from you and through you. I don't have it in my notes. It's, 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 it's days ahead. We've mentioned it about six weeks ago. I'm going to mention it again now. The greatest example of a human being growing up into Jesus is Jesus. Jesus grew up into, the Bible's very clear. He, he grew and waxed strong in wisdom and stature, favor with God and men. He grew up into his destiny. And now Ephesians says we're growing up into him. In Galatians, he, 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 he uses this. It's, it's a bit cumbersome, especially in, in the King James. And, and, and he's talking about the, the literal... Um, I don't know if it's literal or the, the euphemistic, but, but one of the meanings of the expression in the Greek is to live through the dust. To live through the dust. Jesus beautifully lived through the dust of His flesh. His flesh was from dust. Are you follow what I'm saying? Your flesh is from dust. And yet, Father has put His treasure in a vessel made from dust. And he wants to teach you how to live through the dust. That body is the body you live in. It's not you. You're living through it. You're living in it. Praise the name of the living God. So when he says we see in a mirror dimly, my friend, if, if you want to see the life you were created to live, read about the life Jesus lived. You don't just see... God the Father in the life Jesus lived, you will see yourself in the, G- in the life that Jesus lived. So we have all these different characteristics, all of these different new birth realities spelled out for us in the scriptures. Notice how religion tells you that's not what that means. As he is, so are we in this world. That's not what that means. Y- the works that I do, you can do also. That's not what that means. You'll cast out devils. That's, that's not what that means. You'll speak with new tongues. You won't cuss anymore, but it doesn't mean... See, all, that's, that's religion, right? That's, that's all, all this other stuff. My friend, please, Father says what He means, and He means what He says. So we have it all spelled out for us in the Scripture, and then we have it all lived out for us in the Scripture. This is not a vague, dimly lit mirror of what's true about us now as born-again men and women. So the mirror he's talking about here is when you literally look into your bathroom mirror and you start seeing Jesus manifesting in your life. And that's, that's dimly now, but it's getting more and more clear, right? Because it's a progressive work. New birth is an instantaneous work. Discipleship is a progressive work. This is what the Apostle Paul was talking about that he kept reaching, he kept pressing. Read those verses in a literal translation of the Bible. Read those verses in the Weast translation of the Bible and you'll see exactly what he's talking about. He is pressing and he is reaching to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of him. He's not just talking about the blessings of the covenant. Certainly that's part of it. But the ultimate... Prize is the upward call of god in christ jesus what was paul saying he's like i continue to press i continue to, to to serve i continue to draw nearer and nearer to god so that more and more of who he is in me will be manifested in my body now second corinthians 3 i'm not going to read that one but that's where he talks about You and I with an unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord that we're being transformed. I might as well just put it up there if I'm going to read it, right? But notice verse 18. Are being transformed. The Bible speaks of three transformative works. Okay? If you're born again, that one happens has taken place. If you have not been born again, then that's where it starts for you. Have been saved. Past tense. Past completed work. Your spirit. Now he's talking about our being transformed. We see see similar language in Romans 12 and 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So now he's saying, as we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord simply stated is all that he is, all that he has, all that he can do. Not just seeing Jesus, who Jesus is, what Jesus has, what Jesus can do, but seeing yourself as he is, so are we in this world. You begin to see yourself as doing what Jesus did, as having what Jesus had, as being who Jesus is—the body of Christ. We are His body. I'm not saying you are Jesus. I'm saying you are bone of His bone, your flesh of His flesh. I'm not saying that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The Word of God says that. We are His hands and feet. Are we not? Do His hands and feet not not uh, go to places and set people free and 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 lay hands on the sick and? Yes, they do. Amen. All right, that was my review. I haven't even got to the introduction yet. Let's let's see if we can do this. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So James chapter one. Here's the third key mention of mirror. If anyone's a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Remember, blessed means empowered. Empowered to prosper. So we need the... That's why Paul said, pray for strength in the inward man. We cannot, through our own willpower or physical muscle, pull what's inside of us out of us. For instance, the Bible says, back to the well analogy, the Bible says God's put um, wisdom and wise counsel in the heart of man, and a man of understanding does what? He draws it out. See, again, in you, drawing it out of you, pulling it out of you. You you know, a a very practical um, uh, way to, or I say practical, what's happening right now is your hunger and desire to know the truth is pulling truth out of me. Stuff that Father's put in me that I don't even know is in there yet. I don't, I don't, I don't say. I say this all glory to God. Okay. But thank you, Holy Spirit. I need to say this a better way. Every person in this room, if you'll get still and quiet with the Lord and in, in, in His Word and a notebook or a computer, He'll begin to show you things. I. I I think it works this way for everybody. I know it works this way for me. When I start meditating, writing, or dictating on something that he prompts my spirit about, he starts showing me stuff that I've never seen before. Where is it coming from? It's coming from inside me. Because the one in whom all treasures of wisdom and knowledge dwell, right? The Bible says in Jesus dwells all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And where is he? He's in me. He's in me, and so now I have the privilege of serving you the Word of God, and so now I get up in front of you, and because you're hungry and want to eat you're you're pulling it out of me. Some of you pulling out some message. I'm like I'm like slow down a little bit let me let me get myself together i mean it's like it's like i just want to I just want to unload the whole wagon, but just the the written part of all this I'm talking about the book part of all this is. Approaching 30,000 words. Uh, it, it's... It, all right, so, amen. Coming soon, coming soon, coming soon. But we can't... Th- this is, I think, where a lot of people get confused because they hear all this and they're like, I've heard all that before, Pastor Mark, but I just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be silly, you know. It's like we're going... You know, trying to get it out of us. That, this is where the, what Jesus is talking about. He's the flesh prophets, Nothing. See so you. You need to be empowered by God for these things that are in you to come forth from you. This this is why, and I got going down that path in in. Discipleship class, and I apologize—I don't apologize—but you guys, I don't mean you'd have to sit through all that twice. But, but see, th- this is this is why religion comes up with all of these. Casting out devils means just don't let bad things come in your house through the internet, or or new tongues means don't cuss anymore. Notice they're trying to they're trying to water all of these new birth realities down to something you can do in your spare time when you. Want to with your own strength, intellect, and ingenuity. So, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover doesn't mean, uh, you know, give somebody some Tylenol and put a cold rag on their head. When Peter's mother in law, how did Jesus do it? When Peter's mother in law had a fever, he touched her on the hand and manifested forth his glory in him, into her healed her. She got up and started fixing them something to eat. Have no problem with Tylenol. Have no problem with antibiotics. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying though is that's not what Jesus was talking about in Mark the 16th chapter. He was talking about you taking your physical hands like he took his physical hands and laying them on people who are sick and the healing virtue of God that's in Jesus, who's in you, flowing from Him through you into them and healing them. Amen. See now, we, we see religion's got to try to make that something you can do with your muscle, something you can do with your brain, something you can figure out, something you can make happen, something you can pull off, something you can. So now you can sit back and go, look at what I did. Aren't I spiritual? That's not how this works. It's not how any of this works. Now, here, here is the part that um, I want to leave you with tonight. And that is faith. is essential here faith is vital here and 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 that's again back to context the context of of james 1 23 24 and 25 is is faith and and being a doer of the word not just a hearer romans 10 and 17 says that when we hear the word faith is awakened and aroused and brought to the surface in our lives but then we've got to step out and act upon that faith okay so when we talk about the new birth reality when we look into the scripture and the scripture says things like he who knew no sin was made sin for you so that you might become the righteousness of god in christ jesus so you just looked into the mirror of god's word and you saw in that mirror a new birth reality that you can't see in a physical mirror. I've I got to get this right, worked out here, okay? That's not completely true. You, when I say you can't see it in a physical mirror, because that's the ultimate goal, is for you to be able to see the inward reality of righteousness in a physical mirror when you look at it, right? Where other people... I'm not talking about looking through the eyes of faith. I'm talking about other people, sure enough, see a righteous man, a holy woman. But not because they're trying to impress you by how long or short their hair is or by how long or short their dress is or by how, you know, spiritual they sound when they speak the king's English like they're quoting. No, it's like you see it. You see the love. You, you, you see the fruit. You, you, you enjoy the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. So when I say you can't see it, thank you, Holy Spirit, you won't see it initially in a natural mirror. You have to see it here first. If you don't ever see it here, you'll never see it in the bathroom mirror. But my friend, the goal is for you to be able to see it. I'm talking about sure enough. This is how Jesus said it. If the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed you will be free in your performed action. Well, see, performed action is something you can see and everybody else can see. People certainly can see when we're living in addiction and bondage and all that other stuff, right? They can see that. Well, they can see when we're free too. So you look into the perfect law of liberty, you look into the Word... And you see something that you can't see initially in a natural mirror. But now you've got a choice. Are you going to walk away from it and forget what it says? Or are you going to continue in it? Meaning what? Meaning I'm not going to forget that I'm a righteous man. I'm not going to forget that I'm a free man. I'm not going to forget that this is who Jesus made me. And this is who I became the day I became a new creation in Christ. See, the, the faith factor in all of this. We look into the word of God and we see what kind of man we are. Did you notice that? Let me go back to it. Amen, I'm trying to finish. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. He observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets Notice that word, what kind of man? What kind of man? What kind of man are you? Ladies, what kind of man with a womb are you? Woman, amen. What kind of man are you? One of the greatest lies the devil has ever told the church, and the church has believed, is that, we are no different kind of man than people who are not yet saved. That there's no difference. That they that we're the, they were all the same kind of man. And then the world wants to put all these different tags and labels on us. Right? I'm an old man. I'm a young man. I'm a I'm a a, a black man. I'm a white man. I'm an I'm an Asian man. I'm a Hispanic man. I'm a this man. I'm a that man. My friend, that is not, that is not what you will see when you look in the perfect law of liberty. Three kinds of men. Make it real simple. Three kinds of men. Really, there's only two kinds of men and one hybrid. Okay? There's a natural man. And there's a spiritual man and there's a carnal man. What kind of man are you? Well, the Bible says if you've been born again, right, you're no longer a natural man. Natural man, notice he says observing his natural face in a mirror. A natural man, the Bible says, the things of God are foolishness to that man. Natural man looks into this mirror and he don't see anything. He certainly don't see himself there. A spiritual man is some is a man who's been born again. The Bible says of those who have been born again that they are no longer mere men. Mere means only. Mere means nothing more than. You are no longer... A mere man. You are no longer only a man. You are, you are no longer nothing more than a man. Just think, it'll it, it almost make you want to holler, okay? Think of all the so called Christian music that wallows in mere manhood. Wallows in how weak we are, wallows in how pitiful we are, wallows in how broken we are. People sing at the top of their lungs and think they're being anointed. I think it was Rod Parsley that said a lot of people think they're being anointed and it's a demon vomiting on them. It's not man, he could be brutal. I don't know if he he he, he prophet, right? Amen. You know. Just get all emotional singing, wallowing in. Mere manhood. We're all the same. The common brotherhood of man. No. No. It's not what the Bible says. Why is the church not getting the job done that we're supposed to be getting done? Because we don't think we're any different than the world. We don't think we got any more ability to change anything than anybody else does. We don't think we've got any more glory in us to manifest than... than and boy, you talk about religion having a cardiac arrest god will share his glory with no man anybody ever heard that one you know what you're talking about he crowned you with glory when he created us he crowned us with glory and we went off and did our own thing and fell short of the glory he crowned us with jesus came to this earth as a man Picked up the crown of glory that was originally put on Adam's head. God put it on him, and everything he did on this earth, he did as a man, crowned with the glory that a man was supposed to have from the very beginning. And then turned around and said, Father, the glory that you've given to me, I've given to them, and I can't wait for them to see the glory that I originally had with you and that I'm about to return to. That's it. That's it right there, brother. Christ in you, the confident expectation of glory is the great mystery kept hidden. For generation after generation after generation, the Lord finally said, okay, it's time to let this release. It's time to to let them know what this really is all about, what it's been about from the beginning. All right, stand with me. Praise God. I had some really good stuff here. And I don't know if it just didn't save, but we get it. The Lord will show it to me again. He showed it to me the first time. Thank you, Jesus. All right, praise God. You get anything out of this? I like to, um, it's okay. I mean, I I just, I like to, I call it, I like like to flow. You know what I'm saying? Just flow. I like to just. Sometimes you know, we were flowing in class. I mean, you just get off into something, and it just, just flowing. You know, something. the Holy Spirit always flows. It's just sometimes I either am three steps behind Him, or I'm trying to be four steps ahead of Him, and um, I'd like to be in sync, in step with Him. Amen. Amen. Father. You put fruit in the tree. You put seed in the fruit. And you put the tree in the seed. Oh, Father, what you've put in us. Who you've put in us. Father, when you call something a treasure, Our eyes and our ears and our hearts need to come to attention. And you said you've put a treasure. A treasure. Lord, help us understand treasure from your perspective, not ours. Lord, we treasure things that rust. We we treasure things that, Lord, are worthless, but yet they are worth something to us, and so we treasure them. Father, when you call something a treasure, it's eternal, it's precious, it's priceless. It's something blood-bought. And not just any blood. It's something you wanted us to have, Father, that could not be given to us until Jesus did for us what he did for us. At that kangaroo trial, at that whipping post with those thorns on his head, dragging that beam and cross beam up that hill, organs visible, nailed him, mocked him, stabbed him with a spear, then what he did in that grave in death and hell itself, coming back with the keys after three days. was at the end, Father. It was the means to this end. It was to qualify us for the treasure you created us to contain. Help us see it, Lord. Help us see it by faith so that we can see it by sight. The inward reality of the new birth. Coming an outward expression of life, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. I've asked a, a couple of folks, I don't, I don't know how many we're going to need, but we're going to uh, lower the stairs. I know, Bear, you said you recruited some guys, so if we could do that before we get gone. And um, I'll tell you what, I'll try to fix all that computer stuff before Sunday. Y'all can go ahead and shut that down, Christy. Thank y'all so much for uh, being patient with us on, on the new stuff. We've gotten a lot done.